1984, pastors Jean and Sue started Faith Christian Center in a hotel ballroom. But for the past 36 years, they have taught people how to practically apply the Bible to their everyday lives. Over the years, God has blessed us and the church has grown. Faith Christian Center is now located on a beautiful 73-acre campus in the heart of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We believe the best is yet to come. Today's message will encourage you, inspire you, and teach you how to experience God's best in every area of your life. This is my Bible. It is the Word of God and the will of God for my life. I am who the Word says I am. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm where the Word says I am. I'm seated right now in the heavenly realms, in the place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have. All the blessings. How many of the blessings? You are so greedy. No, I'm just joking. Everybody say, hey, it's promised, amen, right? Everybody say, all the blessings of Abraham are mine. I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Today my mind is alert. My spirit is receptive. As I am taught the Word of God, my life will be changed for the better. And I will never, 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 never be the same again. Now give someone else a high five before you are seated. So why do we do high fives? Well, you do that at athletic games and you get excited, so why not do it in church? Amen. How many of you know we should be excited in church? Wow, that's about half of you. Thank you for your backing. How many of you all know that we should be excited about church? Amen. We got a message this morning. We're in the middle of a series talking about uh, seed faith giving, the miracle of seed faith giving. We got a, a message this morning called Expect a Miracle. Expect a Miracle. Now, the great apostle of faith and healing evangelist Smith Wigglesworth used to say in Mark 4:28 that his favorite faith verse in the Bible was, For the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself, first the blade, then the ear, and after that the full corn in the ear. So that's what we're talking about, the miracle of seed faith giving. And we're going to show you how to use this principle in your life to step up to the next level financially. Now before we get to the main part of the message this morning, I want to give a little, because it's been building up, this series has been building up, let's talk about a few things that we've talked about already to reestablish them in our hearts and in our lives. And our basic premise of this series is if our giving isn't a stretch, then it isn't faith. Or if our giving isn't a stretch, it isn't faith. Everybody say, it isn't faith. faith. And then Pastor Learfeld talked about this a few weeks ago, how that these concepts are simple, but they're not easy. They're simple, but they're not easy. Well, how do you know they're not easier? Well, not everybody's doing it. If it's easy, everybody would be what? They'd be doing it. It's simple, but not easy. But people are looking for easy. So don't underestimate these principles. Don't get bored with these principles. Apply these principles. And let's go to the next level in your own life and in your family with these principles. 
Now, all things being equal, if you're a moral person, if you're a tithing Christian, and if you're industrious, in other words, not a slacker, what is the difference between Christians who dramatically pull ahead and with others who are kind of blessed? And the answer is right here in this series, because we have a part to play. Everybody say, we have a part to play. Remember, everything produces after its own kind. Everybody say that. Say, everything produces after its own kind. Genesis chapter 1, verse 11 and 12. Then God said, let the land produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants, and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it, according to their various kinds. And it was so. The land produced vegetation, plants bearing seed according to their kinds, and trees bearing fruit with seed in it according to their kinds. And God saw that it was what? It was good. So remember that everything produces after its own kind. Remember, everything starts with a seed. Everybody say, everything starts with a seed. Genesis 8, 22, as long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest time, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night, will never cease. Seed time is in the earth. Seed time is a principle that's built into the earth. And we also see this concept in the New Testament, Genesis, excuse me, Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. So do not be deceived, God cannot be mocked, a man reaps what he sows. Now we also know that Jesus, he said, he likened faith to a seed being planted to get desirable and predictable results. Matthew 17, 20. I'll tell you the truth, if you have faith small as a mustard seed, you can say this mountain, move from here to there, and it will what? It will what? Everybody say, it will move. It will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. So if you have faith as a seed, or if, you believing some, if you're believing becomes seed faith, in other words, if you go from just knowing about it to actually planting a seed, no matter how small that seems to be, it'll meet the needs and problems that appear as impossible to the mountains before you. That is because each act of faith is a seed planted and will be multiplied. How many of y'all are glad we serve a multiplication guide? and will be multiplied many times over. So everywhere you look in nature, everywhere you look, the earth is in production, and the principles of seed time and harvest time are at work. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. Seed is planted, the soil is cultivated, and then what happens? It grows, and you have a what? And you have a harvest. Now listen, too many people, too many of God's people, think that faith and the word of God are hit and miss propositions. In other words, they think it's chance. They think it's somehow the tip of the hand of God in one area, but there's not a tip of the hand of God in the other area. We're not talking about a hit and miss proposition here. What we're talking about is the ability to control and direct your faith at all times. And this is so important because this is what Jesus was trying to teach, how to control and direct your faith at all times. You know, sometimes people are like, man, how do I stay out of trouble? Well, I'll tell you one way to stay out of trouble is spend your time directing your faith because that'll, that'll take all your time and effort and energy. Amen. Can I get a witness? Amen. How many of y'all know keeping your mouth right will keep you busy all day long? Amen. How many of y'all know keeping your attitude right will keep, your, will keep you busy all day long? So people think it's a hit and miss proposition, but it's not. Like the seed the farmers plant and the subsequent harvest they take to market, we can use our faith in a similar way 
and get predictable results every time. Everybody say every time. I tell you the truth, if you have faith small as a mustard seed, you can say it's mountain, move from here to there, and it'll move. Nothing will be impossible for who? For who? Thanks. I appreciate you saying for me. For me. You can say me there, okay? <laughs> nothing will be impossible for who? Me. Turn your neighbor and say, nothing will be impossible for you. Impossible. Tell your neighbor and say, nothing will be impossible for you. Impossible. But you got to have faith as a seed. Or if you're believing, become seed faith. So through faith, God links to us his creative power at work in the earth. And through faith, God links us to his creative power at work in seed time and harvest time. Nothing will be impossible for you. So that means, now listen to this. We're not basing this off of just being positive. We're basing this off of what Jesus has taught us, that you can achieve, you can conceive and believe, and you can what? Achieve. Everybody say, I can conceive and believe, and I can, I can achieve. So the farmers control the seed he plants, the farmers control the type of seeds he plants, and the quantity of seeds that he plants. Remember this, the land doesn't care who the farmer is. Everybody say that. Say, the land doesn't care who the farmer is. The ground the farmer sows into was designed by God. It was designed by who? God. By God to reproduce whatever was sown into it. So an inevitable result is a harvest of like kind. And this is God blessing man. This is God wanting man to live the abundant life that Jesus spoke of. But remember, for faith to work, you've got to release your faith. And one way you release your faith is by planting seeds. By planting seeds, by scattering those seeds. So this morning, let's talk about three steps to receiving your financial miracle. Three steps to receiving your financial miracle. Number, number one, God is your source, not man. God is your source, not man. Say that with me. Say God is your source, not man. Once again, these concepts are not complicated, but they're difficult for people to put into actual action. If we walked into most churches this morning and we said God is your source, most people in the church would lift up their hands and say hallelujah, I guess depending on what church we're in, but they would say, they would somehow acknowledge that that is the truth. But how many people are actually living that truth is a different story. So you recognize and see and confess that God is your source, not man. Philippians 4.19. We sang about it this morning. That my God will meet all. How many? All. Anybody here have needs? Anybody here have wants? Anybody here have desires? Well, guess what? That's not a bad thing. I said, that's not a bad thing. How many all know, when you go out today and eat, that's not a bad thing? Now, depending on how much you eat, it could be a bad thing. But eating within itself is not a what? Bad thing. How many all know, wanting clothes is not a bad thing? Thank God that each and every one of you have clothes this morning. Praise the Lord. Amen. God wants to meet all your needs. How many of your needs? According to what? According to the world? According to what's going on in the economy? How about this? 
according to inflation? No. no. According to his riches, his glorious riches in who? In Christ Jesus. Now, living in a man-run society and business community, it's easy to get the idea that man is, is, supply, is the source of your supply. But notice the difference here and understand this difference. God uses men as a channel, but they are not the source. God uses men as instruments, but they are not the source. Everybody say, they are not the source. Who is your source? God. God is the source of your supply. And so when you look to God, you automatically are more confident. See, when God is your source, you're automatically more confident. Why am I more confident? Well, because men will let you down. Anybody ever had somebody tell you something that they were going to do and they didn't do it? Anybody ever have you promise you something? financially or promise you something on the job and they didn't do it? Right? Right? Look, this is the way I raise my kids. I raise my kids from an angle of skepticism. What do you mean? If they're telling me something, I don't just take it for its worth, I verify. Thank you, parents, for backing me up here. Some of y'all need, need a parent from the angle of skepticism more than you do. You just trust what everything your kid says. Listen, I've been doing this long enough. I've been, I, this month, I'll be a youth minister for 28 years. I've been teaching in St. Paul's for 24, 20, I forgot, 25, I don't know, a long time. And it's amazing how something can happen in the classroom, and then they go home and they tell their parents what they want their parents to hear, and then the parents give a call, and they're like, why is this happening? And then we're like, what do you think is happening? First of all, tell me what you think is happening, because then we can verify that or not. Tr trust, but verify. Tell your neighbor, say, trust, but verify. That's how I parent, absolutely. You tell me, you tell me you're going to be home at this time? All right, come see me when you get home. You tell me, you tell me this is going on, let me see your phone. Right. Trust, but what? Verify. Trust, but verify. And see, what happens is, we are used to mankind letting us down. And so when we look at mankind for being our source, then we come to it with skepticism because of past things that have happened. But when you look to God as your source, he is not a man that he should lie nor the son of man, that he should change his mind. Does he, does he speak and not what? Act. Does he promise and not what? Fulfill. So see, when God is my source, it gives me a level of confidence that I don't have when I'm looking to man as my source. So it raises your level of confidence because people are not your source. They are instruments they are channels used by God to get you blessings, but God is our source. To look to people is a sure road to dis disillusionment because people will disappoint you, they'll let you down, but when we look towards God, we are sure of his intention. But now listen, this is also why people say at certain levels financially, they think their job is their 
source. They think their job is their source. They think people are their source. And they put limits on themselves by doing this. Your job is an instrument or a channel for God to use, but that is not the only instrument in his toolbox. That is not the only channel and avenue that he has. How many of y'all know God is bigger than your job? I said, how many of y'all know God is bigger than your job? Amen. Amen. He's bigger than your job. Why? Because he is our source. That's why, remember we said in Matthew, Mark chapter 10, verse 27, all things are possible with what? All things are possible with? All things are possible with what? God. With God. Now, that doesn't mean that we go out this afternoon and say, you know what, my, my job is not my source, so let's go buy this and buy that and buy this because I'm walking in faith. That's not walking in faith, that's walking in stupidity. What we're talking about is planting seeds and then having a harvest come in, but not being, don't plant your seed based just upon your job or the level that you think. Let the Holy Spirit speak to your life and stretch your faith to get you above and beyond. To get to above and beyond. Everybody say, God is my source, not man. So how can you expect a harvest to come in if you've never planted a seed, a seed of faith in the first place? Every miracle of God begins with the seed planted in faith. So God is your source. Everybody say, God is my source. So I'm going to give... That it, so that it will be given unto me. And after my seed is in the ground, I'm going to believe God for a miracle. So number two is, which we talked about last week, give that it may be given to you. The lifestyle of giving. Jesus taught a lifestyle of giving. Luke 6, 38. Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, be poured in your lap, for with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Notice what Jesus said, give, and it will be what? Given unto you. He did not say after it's given to you, give. No, the giving comes first. The action comes first. The sowing comes what? First. Then the reaping. Then the reaping. Then the what? The reaping. You say, hey, man, we've been talking about Luke 6.38. Now, why are we still talking about Luke 6.38? Because you still went out this week and you didn't have this on your mind. You're looking at your needs. You're looking at a mountain. And instead of saying to yourself, okay, I've got a mountain in front of me. What seed do I need to plant to get this mountain out of my way? People try their own ways to get the mountain out. They got their shovel in their hand and they're trying to dig a mountain out. Anybody ever seen a mountain before, a real live? I'm not talking about a Texas hill. I'm talking about a real live mountain. Anybody ever seen a mountain in person before? They are massive. You cannot dig with a shovel to move that mountain. It's going to take supernatural help. It's going to take something big for it to be moved. So give, and it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over will God cause men or will God for will be poured in your lap for with the measure you use it'll be measured to you so when we give it is given back to us this is why Jesus said in Acts chapter 20 verse 35 it is more blessed to give than to what 
receive. Why? For when we receive, that's the end of it. But when we give, that's the beginning. There is no multiplication process to receiving, but there is a multiplication process to giving. The farmer pulls a thousand bushels of wheat out of the ground. That's the end of the process. But if the, par if the farmer puts a thousand bushels of wheat into the ground, that's not the end, but that's just what? That's the beginning. This is why you should be excited when it's time to give. I said, this is why you should be excited when it's time to give. Amen. This is why we should be cheerful givers. Amen. It's not the end. When you put that envelope in there, it's not like, oh, my gosh, there it goes. There it goes. No. You should be saying to yourself, yep, there it goes. There's my seed. It's going in the ground. It's in the ground. It's in the ground. It's in the ground. My answer is where? In the ground. It's growing. It's growing. My harvest is coming. Amen. This is the beginning of a brand new cycle of the multiplication process. This is why this process is repeatable. This is why this process is repeatable. Last week between the 9 and 11 a.m. service, a young lady came and told me she'd given money in a challenge offering. And just this past week or the week before, she had received a hundredfold return. Teenagers outdoing some of y'all. Out, I mean, got a hundredfold return. My response is, praise the Lord, that is awesome, that is fantastic. But guess what? You can repeat that cycle. I said, you can repeat that cycle. See, if your miracle is by chance or your miracle is by somehow, some way, God looking at you and tipping his hat to you and saying, yes, it's your day today. It's your perfect day today. Have at it. No. Or is it you working with the Lord and listening and being obedient to him? What did you do? What part did you play? Because whatever part you played, you want to repeat that again and again and again and again and again. Amen? Amen? We want to take these principles of God and repeat them, and then we want to take these principles and teach them to the next generation. What, what, what we harvest in life is the direct proportion of the seed we plant in life, both kind and quantity. That's why when Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive, we really are saying it's more productive to give than to receive. For what we receive is not multiplied, but only what we give. Only what we what? So it is more productive to give than to receive. And because Jesus had a lifestyle of generosity. How many of y'all know that Jesus had a lifestyle of generosity? Amen. Amen. So giving was his logical outlook. Giving was the perspective that he had. Why was giving the perspective that he had? Because he was there on assignment from his father. And his father was his source. His father was his source. He understood. He understood. Man, everybody's hungry. How are we going to feed everybody? He didn't look around and say, okay, I don't know. How are we going to do this? What, was he, what did he turn around and look for? He looked for what? A seed. What was the seed? The loaves and the fish that couldn't feed everybody. But yet he knew that his God was not a God that was there to not meet his needs. He knew that his God was a God not only to meet his needs, but he was a God of what? 
more than enough. So he looked for that seed, and he got that seed, and what did he do to that seed? He multiplied it. He multiplied it. He multiplied it. See, this is the God that we serve. This is why our perspective, and this is why we continually have to renew our minds and get our perspectives on the right track, because if we don't line up our perspective with his perspective, then we find ourselves taking actions that are in direct contradiction to what he has promised. And I don't, I don't know about you, I don't want to take any action that's in direct contradiction to what he promised. So only what you give God can be multiplied back to you again. Only after the boy gave his lunch of five loaves and two fish could Jesus multiply that lunch to feed 5,000 hungry men and the women and the children. Listen, money is a medium of exchange. It is you. It represents you. Anybody here go to, go to work for a bushel of onions? Anybody on payday? Come back and, you know, up. Oh, hold on, they pull my car up so you can put the tomatoes in the back of my car. Dude. No, what do you get paid? Money. money. What does that money represent? It represents you. It represents your time. It represents your effort. It represents your hard work. It represents your labor. So when you give your money, you're really giving yourself. That's why Jesus is interested in the multiplication of seed faith because it's the multiplication of you. It's the multiplication of you. What you give is the seed you plant and like attracts like. You plant wheat and you'll get wheat. You plant peaches and you'll get what? Peaches. God said each after its own kind. Remember, say this out loud. Say, everything produces after its own kind. Everybody say, everything starts with a seed. Say, so too must my miracle start with a seed, and my seed will produce after its own kind. So when we, give, when, we receive, when we give an offering, when we give our offerings, it's not a dead end. It's the beginning. It's not subtraction. It's what? Multiplication. It's not even addition. It's what? It's multiplication. So if you want a miracle, you must plant a seed, a seed of faith, a faith seed. Whatever you give becomes a seed for God to multiply back into your life. It's a seed that you're sowing. And God accepts it as a seed faith and applies it to the laws of sowing and reaping. God is multiplying back to you what you give. So really, if in your life there's not much going on, what's the issue? You're not planting what? Seeds. Or how about this? You're planting the wrong seeds. You're planting the wrong seeds. So seed faith is giving that you may receive. In doing this, you give before you have received, not after, so that God can multiply back. If you give God nothing, he'll multiply it, but nothing times nothing equals what? Nothing. Everybody say zero. Zero multiplied by, by anything is what? Zero. So we have to plant that seed. So number one, God is your source, not man. Number two, give, and it will be given unto you. And number three, number three, expect a miracle. Expect a miracle. And I got to tell you, in my own life, 
I had not been as diligent as this until the past few years of expecting a miracle. And this is where a lot of people in church miss it. There are some people that doodly tithe. There are some people that give constantly. They're sowing seeds. But then they forget about that seed and they don't expect a miracle or expect a harvest to come to pass. First, you've got to look to God as your source. Second, you've got to give that it may give, be given back to you. And it is only by giving that we give God something to multiply back into our lives. God, giving to God then becomes a seed faith, giving, because, because we give in expectation. We give in what? We give in what? We give in what? We give in anticipation. We give in anticipation of the harvest. It's on the basis of seed faith giving that we have faith and evidence to put into practice a third key principle, and that is to expect a miracle. Now listen, I can see some of y'all are falling asleep because you're like, I've heard this before, and I've heard this before, and I've heard this before. Listen, that's why you should be in this service right now with a level of expectation. Amen. Every single one of us, we're dealing with something, we have a challenge, or we have, we have, or God's put something on our heart to stretch us, and we always, this is why you should always show up to church with a level of expectation, a level of anticipation. Listen, we're not here just because we're looking for something to do. How many are busy enough to realize that we're not here just looking for something to do? I mean, when I pulled out of my driveway this morning, my neighbors on one side, they're all out there getting ready to get in the pool. And then when I'm driving, I live out in the country a little bit. I'm driving down a country road, a county road, and there's someone, you know, doing something with their, uh, with their cows, feeding their cows, doing this, doing that. Then you drive by someone else's house, there he is. There's this guy, there's a guy in my neighborhood. He's got four or five dogs. It must be, uh, well, anyways, we'll move on. But he walks them like they're his own kids. I mean, we see him all, he's the most grumpy man I've ever seen. We tried to smile at him. We tried to wave at him. Nothing, absolutely nothing. But guess what he was out there doing this morning? Walking his dogs. Guess where Aaron Wood was going? The church. Why was Aaron Wood going to church? Not just because there'd be no one here to speak if I wasn't here, but <laughs> I come in expectation. Amen. Yeah. See, I'm not only here as a speaker this morning, but I'm also receiving. I'm also receiving. See, when I'm speaking, the Lord's speaking to my heart as well. So what happens is you've got to come in with a level of expectation, a level of anticipation. Why? Because we are following God's word. We are following God. Why, why do we sing such fast songs? Why, why, why do we come in and praise God? Why is it so loud in here? Why do we do this? Why do we move our hands? Why do, because we come in expectation and anticipation. Because we don't serve a dead God. We serve a living God. We serve a God who's answering us right now. We serve the Holy Spirit of God who is in this place right now speaking to your life. If you will listen. So that's why we come in like this. It's not a funeral. This is a celebration. Amen. I said, this is a celebration. Amen. Okay, so let's take it to the next level then. So when you plant a seed, 
When you follow the Lord and say, God, you are my source, and you plant a seed, it should bring a whole new perspective on your life to where you don't expect things to go wrong. You expect things to go right. You have an anticipation. You have an expectation. Look, 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 I know you might have messed up in the past. I know you might not have handled that problem so well. I understand that. With join, you know, join the club, get in line, right? But what I do know is I'm no longer going to live wondering what is going to go wrong. I'm going to live knowing what and in expectation of what the harvest is coming in because I have made God my source and I have sown those seeds. I got a water here that needs, to be, that needs to be changed. And they put it in the most terrible spot in the entire house. The hardest spot to get to, right? A need, a need. But now here, here's the deal. You can, you can always have something like that happen to you and you're like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, what is this? Oh Lord, how are we gonna do this? How are we going to do that? Or you can say, praise God, I've got seed in the ground and more than enough is coming in to do exactly what needs to be done, how it needs to be done. See, you live in a state of expectation and anticipation instead of a state of anxiety and depression because that's where the world is living, but we're not living in that world. I'm living in what? The kingdom of God. Anybody else living in the kingdom of God? So see, this is what Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 talks about. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. What's your evidence? Your seed is your evidence. Your seed is your evidence. We see this from the poor widow dying of famine and starvation in 1 Kings chapter 17. She took action, and the action she took became her evidence. The action she took became her evidence. The action she took became her what? Evidence. She put action to what she believed, and her belief became seed faith. Became seed faith. First Kings chapter 17, verses 15 and 16. She went and did. She went and what? She went and what? Did as Elijah had told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up, and the jug of oil did not run dry, in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. Speaking of the word, the Lord spoken by Elijah. Evidence, evidence. You base your faith on what? Evidence. What do you base your faith on? Evidence. We're talking about coming to a knowing with your faith. A constant state of expectation. A constant state of what? See, I've given too much, I've planted too much seed for there not to be a harvest. I planted too much seed for there not to be a harvest. Now listen, this is the power. This is where the power lies. This is where the power lies. I mean, I got convicted on this. I added something to my confession list, a certain thing in our family financially. And I added to that, and I was confessing it every day. And one day when I was confessing it, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, that's great, but when are you going to do something about it? Whoa. Whoa. You can confess all you want, but until you do something about it, you will be amazed. You will be amazed at the level of your confidence that will go up 
whenever your level of, of confidence in your confession will go up after you plant a seed. After you plant a seed. See, when I'm making my daily confessions, when I'm thanking God for the harvest coming in, when I'm putting him in remembrance of the seeds that I've sown and the fact that he's growing those seeds, I don't walk around, I'm not guessing, I'm not wishing, I'm not, I'm not throwing some quarter into a, a, a pond or a, a, a fountain just to hope that it comes to pass. No, I'm confessing with what? Confidence, with confidence, because my evidence is my seed. My evidence is my seed. God, I have made you my source. How do I know that God is my source? Because of what I have done, because of the actions that I have taken. God, I know I've got a harvest coming in. How do I know I have a harvest coming in? Because of the seeds I put into the ground. So now my life is not a life of despair, or how about this, it's not a life where I, we sang about this morning, where I have to fight my battles on my own. No, I fight my battles based upon the evidence of me putting the word of God into action. That's why we live in expectation, anticipation, enthusiasm, and excitement. Wow. Everybody say expectation. expectation. Psalm chapter 5, verse 3, In the morning, O Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning I lay my request before you and wait in expectation. Hallelujah. How's he going to do it? I don't know. That's not my job. That's not, my, that's not, that's not what I'm supposed to do. Could it, be, could it be through work? Yes. Could it be through somebody else? Yes. I don't know which instrument. I don't know what channel it's going to come through. But I will receive whatever instrument and whatever channel he wants to use to get that blessing into my hands. Anticipation. Psalm chapter 27, verse 13 and 14. I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord. Everybody say, I will see the goodness of the Lord. In the land of the living, wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. Enthusiasm. In what? Tell your neighbor this morning, say, please get some enthusiasm. Enthusiasm, Psalm chapter 20, verse 5. We will rejoice in your salvation. And in the name of our God, we will set up our banners. May the Lord fulfill all our petitions. Excitement, everybody say excitement. excitement. Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, what? Rejoice. rejoice. And if you look at Philippians chapter 4, he's talking about getting your needs met. Excitement. Excitement. So God has told us in his word to do certain things first to help us release our faith. What do you think anointing with oil is about? What do you think laying a hand's all about? Or why did Elisha tell Naaman the leper to dip in the Jordan seven times? He tells us to do something first. We release our faith. But once we release our faith, we come into a state of knowing. We come into a state of expectation. We have evidence for our faith. We have what? Evidence. Evidence. It's while you're in state of knowing, it's in the state of certainty that you can really increase your faith and truly expect a miracle. 
And this is why pastors talked about that in this state of knowing, this state of certainty, that you water your seed with confession. You have already planted the seed, and you know you're just standing in agreement for the harvest, so you line up your mouth with the harvest. I said you line up your mouth with the what? You don't line up your mouth with where, with, the, with where it is at the moment. You line up your mouth with the what? Harvest. With the harvest. Confession waters that seed in your life. Now, expecting a miracle is absolutely essential. Just as you look to God as your supply and give to God in your seed faith giving, so you must expect a miracle from God. Now, here is a, here is a, here is a verse that every believer should commit to memory. Every believer should commit. This should be on the tip of our tongues every single day of our lives. Every single, every single day of our lives. Hebrews chapter six, verse 14. Saying, surely blessing I will bless thee, and multiplying I will what? Everybody say, surely blessing. He will bless me. Everybody say, multiply. He will multiply me. Some of y'all are getting it. Everybody say, surely blessing. He will bless me. Everybody say, multiplying. He will multiply me. We're getting there. Everybody say, surely blessing. He will bless me. Multiplying. He will multiply me. Almost there. Almost. Everybody say, surely blessing. He will bless me. Multiplying. He will multiply me. <laughs> See, what we just did right there is what you need to do in your own personal life. What we did just right there. Man, I can sense the, man, I can sense, just saying that, you can sense the presence of God. Just saying that, you can sense the pleasure of God. See, that's, this is the power of the word. This is why we're telling you, the word, the word, the word, the word, and then guess what? The word. Listen, we all face discouragements. We all face things, different things, but we all face certain things. None of us in this room haven't faced something that could get us discouraged. None of us in this room have never faced, you know, have, have, have not faced someone letting us down. But praise the Lord God, surely blessing, he will bless me, and multiplying, I am multiplied. Surely blessing, he will bless me, and multiplying, he multiplies me. Hallelujah. When you're at that pump, surely blessing, he has blessed me. Oh, now y'all are into this. Now all, all of a sudden everybody's like, oh yeah, yeah. Surely blessing, he will bless me, and multiplying, he has what? This should be on the tip of our mouth every day, all day long. You got to recognize your miracle. You got to reach for it. You got to receive it when it comes. Otherwise, your miracle might just pass you by. So we expect a miracle. We expect a miracle. 
And we can expect a miracle because God does the multiplication. God grants the miracle of seed time and harvest time. Luke chapter 11, verse 9 and 10. So I say to you, ask and it will be. Ask and it what? Will be given to you. Seek and you will what? Knock and the door will be what? Do you see this? Do you see this child of God? Do you see this man of God? Do you see this daughter of God? That God is waiting to open the door. God is waiting to answer you. God wants to bless you beyond your imagination or what you can even think. But you got to ask. You got to knock. You got to plant that seed. And then you got to lift your heads and say, Surely blessing, you have blessed me. and multiplying. You have multiplied me. Stop looking to the world as your source. For everyone who asks receives, he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks the door will be opened. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6, King James. I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. Who gives the increase? God gave the increase. God does the multiplication. God grants the miracle of seed time and harvest time. Surely blessing I will bless thee, and multiplying I will multiply thee. So you have to expect a miracle so that you'll recognize it when God sends it. Pastor's, pastor's been doing this in his own life. He's encouraged. You need to start making a list of miracles. Making a list of miracles. You don't want miracles to pass you by. Seed, faith, giving, and receiving. Not receiving and giving. Matthew 4, 26, this is the, what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself, the soil produces grain, first the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts a sickle to it, because the harvest has come. Only what you give can God multiply. Only what you can give, God multiplies. But I'm telling you this morning right here, right now, I'm telling you on this beautifully hot summer day, I'm telling you that when you sow seed into the kingdom of God, don't you dare walk away from it. Don't you dare look at it like it's a duty. You plant that seed in anticipation. While you're planting that seed, you plant it in excitement. You plant that seed in enthusiasm. You plant that seed in expectation. Amen. However you want to do it. However you want to do it. I have it set up on my phone, on my calendar, on my phone. Every morning at 7 a.m., my reminder pops up. Expect a miracle today. Amen. Expect a miracle today. Expect a miracle today. See, I'm not living in dread. I'm not... I'm not living in anxiety. I'm not living in worry. I'm not living in depression. Why? I have heard the word of the Lord. I have scattered seed on the ground. I'm watering those seeds with confession. I'm staying on track. I'm not leaving it behind. And God is making it grow. And I don't care what direction it comes from. I just know it's coming in. And I'm not going to let man put limit on, limits on me. And how about this? I'm not going to put myself put limits Amen. on me. Amen. 
You know, we used to have, we used to have some people that they drop out of the church, you know, like right the week before challenge offering, you know. It's like it's not obvious what's going on. You know, people look, people, people look at the ways of God in dread and disgust. And I don't understand it. Because if God has put a system in this planet, if God has put a system and explained that system to us over and over again, why don't we use the system? Anybody going to expect a miracle this week? Anybody going to live in anticipation this week? Anybody going to live in enthusiasm this week? And it'll rub off. It'll rub off. You won't have to say anything to people. They'll just notice something's different. They won't even know it. They won't even know it. My sophomore year at SMU, we had this, my roommate and myself had these, uh, these other people that were in the dorm, these two girls in our dorm that we hung out with a lot during the year, we were friends, and we were helping them move out the last week of school. And I was just, I was just helping them move out. That's all I was doing. Guys, did you hear me? I was helping them move out. I wasn't watching them move out. I was helping them move out. And, and, and why, why they're moving out, you know, one of the girls came to me later. She goes, you know what my mom said about you? I go, no, I didn't really talk to her mom. I didn't really say anything to her mom. I mean, why am I going to talk to her mom? And so... I didn't really say anything to her mom. And she goes, you know what your mom, my mom said about you? I go, no. She goes, man, she goes, that Aaron, man, he's got some joy. Amen. And I wasn't going around singing, the joy of the Lord. It is my joy. The joy of the I'm enthusiastic. Why am I enthusiastic? Because I've got evidence of my faith. This phase two is going to be paid for in cash. Why? Because we've got evidence of our faith. Amen. But it doesn't start with that. It starts with you making a decision for Jesus Christ. So let's bow our head and close our eyes. No moving about except those who are helping me out this morning. Because if you're here this morning and you say, Aaron, I hear what you, that sounds so simple. It sounds so easy. It is. It is. It is simple. God has an answer for you. God wants to make that answer reality. I'm not just talking about some fairy tale. I'm not talking about you taking a chance on something. I'm talking about something that is as sure, that's more sure than the things you see in front of your face. It's eternal. And that relationship with Jesus Christ is eternal. It's a decision that you make. It's not a decision your friends can make for you. It's not a decision your parents can make for you. It's not a decision that your grandparents can make for you. And it's not a decision that happens just because you walked in the doors of this church. Like we talked about, you've got to put your faith into action. And the way you put into faith into action, Romans 10 says, that if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, if you confess with your mouth that you, Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. So that's the action you got to take. This is the seed. This is the beginning. Jesus is the greatest example of the seed. What he did over 2,000 years ago is still multiplying today. And we want it to multiply in your life. So if you're here this morning, you say, Aaron, I've never given my life to Jesus Christ, but I want to do that this morning. I want to do that right here, right now. I hear what you're saying. I want to move on it. I want to act upon it. I want you to simply lift up your hand high right now to where I can see it as a sign to God, as a sign to myself that you're serious. Lift it up now. Don't be ashamed. Don't be bashful. Get some enthusiasm in your life. Get some excitement. God's going to turn your life completely around.
a whole new you, a whole new you, a new creation. Anybody in this room this morning say, Aaron, that's me. Lift up your hand high to where I can see it. Lift it up high. Maybe you're here this morning, and maybe you said that prayer at one time, but you let something get in the way. You got lazy. Maybe a sin came into your life, or maybe you got offended. Whatever it is, whatever it is, it could be a bunch of different things. Whatever it is, your relationship with God, your fellowship with God is broken. I was like that as a young man. I grew up in a Christian home, but I wasn't living for the Lord. I knew better, but I wasn't living for the Lord. So that morning, that Saturday morning at a youth retreat, October 27, 1990, I got all in with God. I got serious with the Lord. And some of y'all need to do that. Some of y'all are at that point. You need to get, you need to do that. It's time to stop playing games and it's time to get all in. The good news is, Jesus said, or the word of God says in 1 John 1, 9, if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you of all your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. If that's you this morning, you say, Aaron, I prayed that prayer at one time, but I'm not living for him like I know I should. I need to get right with him right now this morning. You feel the Holy Spirit of God tugging on your heart. Don't delay. Answer it now. If that's you, lift up your hand high to where I can see it. Lift it up high where I can see it this morning. Say, Aaron, that's me. I need to get right with the Lord. I need to get right with the Lord. For the sake of those that are watching online that may be in your own home, you raised your hand. Maybe in your own living room, wherever you are, at your desk, wherever you are, you raised your hand. You have made, God sees that decision that you have made. God sees your heart. And we're going to pray a prayer with you right now. Repeat this prayer after me, everybody here and everybody watching online. Say this, say, Father God, I come before you, admitting that I've done my own thing and that I've gone my own way. But today, Lord, I say yes to you. I say yes to your ways. Come into my life. Transform me. Change me. Do what you need to do in my heart and in my life. Thank you for believing in me. Thank you for receiving me. Thank you for all the plans that you have for my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give them a round of applause. Come on for making a decision. Hallelujah. Right there in your room, right there wherever you are watching, you sense and know the presence of God. We want you to let us know. You can go to fccarlington.com slash salvation. Please let us know that you made that decision. We want to give something to you. We want to give a book written by Pastor Lingerfeld to you called God's Very Own Child. And if you're here this morning and you didn't raise your hand, but you want to make that commitment, please go by the guest uh, info booth and get one of those books, God's Very Own Child. It's free, and it will be a blessing and encouragement to you. Thank you for listening to this life-changing message. To partner with us and to help us reach more people with the good news of the gospel, visit our website at faithchristiancenter.com. Your financial support is enabling us to reach more people than ever before. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, pray this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. If you prayed that simple prayer, you are born again and today is a new beginning. We would like to send you a copy of Dr. Jean Lingerfeld's book, God's Very Own Child. To receive your free copy, call the church office at 817-561-3400. 
or send an email to info at faithchristiancenter.com. Remember to put God first in every area of your life because he loves you and has a wonderful plan for you. And don't forget, we walk by faith, not by sight.